Welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California and Feeling Minnesota. I'm the Looking California portion of the program. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I'm a writer and an acting coach in sunny Southern California. Not there right now. I'm joined by literally the most famous and most beloved Minnesotan in the history of the Minnesotan area. Who are you? Tell, it, we, let everyone know. No, who no, you are. I don't have to say. If I'm that famous, that's true. They know who you are. <laughs> you know uh, so this is Barry Anderson. He's here. He's with us, everybody. We we got the the big fish in the boat. Tell I us just, about yourself. Barry. I thought I would slum it today with uh, the likes of yourself and uh, and 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 grace our 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 adoring fan base with my lovely voice this morning. So yeah, and and we appreciate it. Yeah. Boy, do we appreciate it. <laughs> if only people could see your face right now. <laughs> and um, just a couple hours ago, that girl whose name I cannot remember, that young woman, pardon me, from, I think she's from St. Paul, won the all-around female gymnast gold medal, the all-around competition. She won it. I didn't, so, I didn't, I didn't check, I didn't check the uh, Olympics yet yeah. this morning. I, I, I had a sight yeah, check. Well, I just saw the headline. She won the, the gold medal. So, well, now you I'm are still number one person. in Minnesota. <laughs> You're still number one, but there, you, you know, you got number two is coming with a bullet right now. Well, maybe we'll get her on the podcast. You can have a gold medalist uh, and, uh, and talk film. I don't see why she wouldn't come on. I agree. I, I agree. I can't imagine any reason. <laughs> why her handlers would never come on this show that no one listens to <laughs> i can't imagine um so today's a really it's not a, a very special episode but it's a very big episode today because we're talking huge. about a big huge movie it's it's not one just, of those not a movie it's a blockbuster it's what they yeah, call in the business an event film and this is right. almost two years in the waiting because it was delayed and then delayed and then delayed and then delayed and then delayed delayed and then delayed and then it finally came to us and so people were like oh that still hasn't come out yet which and it's here in marketing terms that's bad when people are like yeah oh that's finally out you're like oh geez and not only was it delayed and delayed and delayed for a couple years it's it was delayed and delayed and delayed on this podcast so it came out on july 9th we're getting to it i what is today i don't even know it's the 28th or something uh, 29th so a couple weeks late but here we are we're here to talk about black widow the marvel movie uh about the character named black widow which is played by scarlett johansson who's been in a bunch of the marvel movies all the avenger movies uh the couple of the iron mans i think captain america something um scarlett johansson stars in it it's directed by kate shortland who is, uh, that's a discussion we can have. Um, the film has done very, very well. It's made $318 million, had a $200 million budget. It was released in theaters and on Disney Plus for a fee. That's where I saw it. I paid $30, God help me, to watch Black Widow uh, <laughs> at home, in the comfort of my home. But to offset that, I've watched it every single day since I got it. So that's a big middle finger to Disney. I'm taking advantage of you guys. And I'm, I just invite <laughs> people in the neighborhood over to watch it for free. I'm just like, come on in. I paid 30 bucks, you'll pay nothing. Um, the movie's done pretty well. It did very well actually with the Disney Plus uh, thing. It made like 60 million its first weekend just on Disney Plus alone. So it was sort of painted as this big as every big movie is now, you know, oh, movies are back from the pandemic. It hasn't really played out that way. It had a big drop off to the second weekend. But we're not here to really talk about uh, the grosses and all this sort of business. Uh, we're here to talk about the movie. So let's go through the cast. Scarlett Johansson plays uh, Black Widow. Florence Pugh is in it. And she plays Yelena Belova, who is... Uh, sort of Black Widow's sister. Uh, Black Widow's real name is Natasha Romanoff, which is pretty funny to me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> David, I just find that funny that that's her real name because it's so fake. Uh, David Harbour plays uh, those two young women, uh, their father, who's a Soviet superhero named Red Guardian. Um, 
Who else is in this thing? Oh, Ray Winstone is in it as General Drakov. Rachel Weiss is in it as uh, Black Widow's mom. So it's a, it's a pretty star-studded cast. And uh, the movie's done well. You know, it's, it's a Marvel movie. And it's the first Marvel movie in two years, which is pretty I mean, incredible. And is for how, how, how consistent they've gotten us on the diet of the Marvel universe. Yeah. You're used to having, there's one in the fall, there's one yep. in the spring, there's one in the summer. You're just, and it's, you know, for a variety of reasons. After Endgame, things slowed down a little bit. There was that Spider-Man one. And then we've been hanging around uh, watching Disney Plus TV shows, I saw which we've talked about. I saw you did that there. Spider-Man. Yeah, that was we a little hanging plug. around. Wow. That was, yeah. I mean, we just need to take a moment to bask in that uh, audible glory. See, that's why I'm going to be the Rush Limbaugh of movie <laughs> podcast. Cause I'm such great radio. I didn't even know. I realized I did that. How about, how amazing is that? That's, that's All right. So Barry, Barry Anderson, yes. you are a connoisseur. You are what I would consider. I'm not one a connoisseur. No, but a, but a connoisseur, and you are one of the premier experts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if not the number one expert. Everybody turns to you for advice and input from that. What did you think of Black Widow? I should probably think before getting on how I'm going to answer this question, because I know it's coming. Um, and I'm just going to state it this way, that it it's always felt weird why, when Marvel was cranking out so many movies, why they seemed to be adverse to making this movie and why it came out now. It seems, it seems strange. Um, and I remember kind of, as we talked about in the other podcast about the Disney plus Marvel uh, uh, shows, so much of this world is interconnected and it seems because of how important Black Widow was to the story of all these different films and the way that her character arc came to an end in Endgame, I feel like the audience would have benefited from this movie being earlier because I feel like it would have helped. She's kind of always kind of a sidekick in all these movies. And so to get the emotional impact, I feel like you needed a movie. I mean, part of the reason that we fell in love with you know, Captain America and Iron Man is because they had their own films to develop that character where you really felt like you connected as opposed to just, oh, that sidekick I like comes back in. And I feel, I feel in one sense that she kind of got shorted because now it's like, oh yeah, she's back, but she's not. And so it's kind of like a bizarre, in terms of the well, audience in interaction with that character, it feels weird to me. Yeah, and, and we should say for the viewers out there who have not seen the movie, um, where Black Widow in the MCU timeline, in terms of the, the chronology of the events, it goes back in time. So it doesn't take yeah, place. I think it's right after, now. right after Civil War. Yeah, it's right after Captain America, Civil War. Um, so that's where the movie is set. It's all there. So just to back up your point, uh, which I agree with 100%. It feels very strange as an MCU film because every single other MCU movie propels the storyline yes. forward. Yep. So you, you have to see it to sort of understand what comes next. This jumps back, you know, five years or so, four or five years, and it doesn't do that. Now, if this movie came out in 2017, after Captain America Civil War, I think it would have been an effective film I agree. to propel the story. Agreed. Um, but it didn't. And so I think this is a weird sort of, I agree with you, it's sort of a makeup. It's like, oh, hey, we sort of brushed aside this character um, for whatever reasons, and now we're going to make up for it. And, and it's sort of, you know, and there, there's obviously political stuff involved in terms of, well, it's a female-led movie and Marvel has been knocked for uh, failing in that in many ways. And, you know, Captain Marvel was the first female-led movie yep. for them, um, you know, which by all accounts is not a good movie. So I think they wanted to sort of, this is almost like wish fulfillment. It's like, oh, let's go back in time and pretend we didn't screw this up. 
but they did it's and it's weird it, because it's, it's they so like, rarely screw things up i know? know well it feels a little bit like a um reunion where you want to go back yeah. to your friends and kind of like oh i remember that feeling but it's different it's not yeah. that it's bad it's just different and you're like oh man <laughs> i don't i don't know what happened so uh, taking it taking it as a part of the marvel kind of universe it's a strange movie and it's not as effective as some of their other ones um obviously we've talked about the marvel movies in general they're not they're not going to go down the pantheon of you know great cinema masterpieces any of them and this would follow that mode that that's not the case so taking it as a movie a big budget kind of popcorn hollywood movie and if you turn it on am i entertained for an hour and a half two hours whatever it is and I would say, yeah, I think they, I think they had enough effective humor in it that it's palatable. Um, I, I actually like Florence Pugh um, quite a bit. I think her and and um, Scarlett Johansson had enough kind of chemistry together that it it worked. I like uh, uh, what's his name, David, the father, David Harbor. David yeah, I, I like him. And I remember when I saw he's for those that aren't familiar with his name, he's uh, uh, Harper on uh, Stranger Things. And the uh, I wasn't sure how he would fit in. And he's probably the most forced. But there are times I think he's pretty talented. And I think there are times where he works well. And then times I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> This seems well, a little, a little yeah. ham-fisted. Uh, so to he, his uh, credit, to his credit, because I, I like him as an actor. I, I think he can be fairly entertaining. To his credit, he uh, just sinks his teeth into sort of the absurdity of oh. the Marvel universe and just shamelessly does it. And it's like huge at times. It's a little yeah. too much, but like he's definitely enjoying himself well, as an actor. He, I mean, I think a lot of people would try they would overthink it and i think yeah. just like every scene they're like you want me to do what i'm i'm 100 <laughs> yeah he, he's, he's not overthinking it no he's, he's not overthinking <laughs> but he's i had fun I, I enjoyed him i had fun yeah. watching him work and i have to say this about florence Pugh. she is i've i've been a fan of hers for a while she uh trying to see what year that movie came out so she did lady macbeth in 2016 which i saw and it, the movie didn't work, um, and it's not, by the way, Shakespeare. Uh, it didn't work, but she is so magnetic on screen, and you see it instantly in, in Lady Macbeth, which was sort of her, her first big thing. And in this, it's really astonishing to observe. Scarlett Johansson is a gigantic movie star. And a huge sex symbol, too. I mean, as much as she may be uncomfortable with that fact, that's sort of how she was billed for years. And Florence Pugh eclipses her in every single way <laughs> and in every single scene in this movie. And it's stunning to watch because Florence Pugh is a terrific actress. And it's really interesting just the shape of her face. She has this sort of uh, roundish face. And the camera and the lighting for this movie just accentuate everything about Florence Pugh. And Scarlett Johansson seems so small and irrelevant and sort of useless in this movie. And again, I, I, I have nothing against Scarlett Johansson. I think she's a terrific actress, but she is absolutely eclipsed by Florence Pugh in this film. And it's a function of... it. it Florence Pugh is just so dynamic and magnetic on screen. She has a, a, an undeniable charisma that you'd think Scarlett Johansson would have. And she does to a certain degree, but not in comparison. And so it's, that was the most interesting part of the movie to me is that Florence Pugh is basically planting the flag on top of the movie stardom mountain saying, hey, hey, everybody, here I am. <laughs> and the, the sky is the limit for her. She's a terrific actress. She reminds me a bit in Lady Macbeth. She, she reminded me a bit of a young Kate Winslet. And uh, I think she has that sort of thing to her, but she's only 25. And I just think, geez, man, she's, she's got a very, very bright and vast future ahead of her. 
Well, I think I think part of the reason that you know whether this is Mulligan makeup, you know, because they should have done the movie before. I, I think how this actually fits into the you know Marvel Phase Four is it's clearly going to be a handoff. I don't I don't think Florence would have been in this movie if it was a one-off and no end. I mean, she's got what she's yeah, Oscar yeah. nominated. I mean, she's she's a in demand high powered actor. Yeah. And, and if if you didn't watch the credits, there's a scene yeah. in the end credits. Yeah. So there's a scene in the end credits which basically sets the stage for you know phase four or whatever whatever phase we're on. I don't even know. And uh, phase five and uh, oh it is phase four. And so yeah, so that's what this is. But boy, it seems like an awful lot to <laughs> have to go through a whole movie. But the only scene that's relevant to propel the story, propel the universe, is in hidden in the credits. That seems so, a well, bit it, extreme. It, but, it could yeah. have also been their version of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, where in their minds they have the handoff. But let's test it. <laughs> And if it doesn't work, um, we will just offer Scarlett Johansson $150 million in movies in it, <laughs> no matter how old she is, and uh, Florence Pugh will go off into the night. Um, it, could, it, could, it could be that. There's been other studios that have teed it up and then uh, reeled that back going, well, that's not going to work. Yeah, and it, here's the thing in terms of propelling the story forward. Uh, for instance, my sister, um, she enjoys the Marvel movies and has seen, I think, either all of them or, or most of them, except she tells me she doesn't have the heart to watch uh, Endgame, Infinity War and Endgame because she loves Tony Stark so much. She, doesn't, she knows what's coming. She doesn't want to get yeah. there. And so for somebody who's not seen those movies or has not really gotten into the MCU, I would say to watch this movie, but watch it in order. Like watch it yes, after absolutely Captain America because it does work there and it, and it actually enhances Infinity War and Endgame because Black Widow has pretty pivotal part in those. Yeah, films, I was gonna say you know? I, I felt bad because of her choice in the the Infinity War Endgame that the audience wasn't as connected to her. Yeah, and if they would have been, that would have been like one of those pantheon moments where. Yeah. You know, and I just felt like that moment got shortchanged. What I think is great, and this is one of the things I absolutely love, love about cinema, is you have, you know, what has been going on like 10, 15 years now building this universe. So you have an entire generation of people who love Marvel. And in 10 or 15 years, they'll all grow up, get married, have kids, and then they're going to start showing their kids the movies. Right. And it's like, we all had a puzzle with a missing piece that annoyed us that we didn't know was missing. And now when you go back and rewatch it with the next generation, it's there. It's like they went back and made the piece that was missing. And I think that's what's cool is like we all got, you know, less less of a watching experience than we could have. But because film is forever, every every next generation, it's all there chronologically. It all fits together. And you're kind of like, man, that's super awesome. When you think about that, it's like one of the yeah. few things in life that you can make a mistake correct it and then it's kind of like well go back going back to loki we trimmed the timeline <laughs> we went back right. and we, we were like well that was wrong let's let's set it straight and now the new timeline works and i think it's just kind of it's almost eerie how it's turned itself you know from its storytelling in real life and now the movies follow follow the art form right and you know there there are positives to that there are negatives because sometimes uh, as we've talked about, I know you're a huge Jar Jar Binks fan. Um, sometimes I, I, I was going to do my Jamaican uh, thing, but I thought <laughs> oh, that Jesus. it was probably not going to yeah. go well. So I, I kept oh, it. Oh my in. God. Can you imagine? Like, Jar Jar? Oh, <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, but you know, you think about that, like George Lucas meddling with his but see, trilogy and adding and detracting and all these things. Well, but if, now it's out of his hands. So tough break, but. Well, um, and what, it, just side tangent, 
when the world is demanding George Lucas to get back involved in the Star Wars universe, you know <laughs> yeah. you've done something horribly yeah. wrong. <laughs> you know, you know that train is off the track. Yeah, it's um, good. you know, and then you but, think about we and we. Okay, go ahead. The, the difference with George Lucas, he went. It would be like going back to Iron Man and redoing the movie. Like th that's different right. than than creating a movie that fits in to help tell the story, because you could take it or leave it. Like you know, if you want to tell your kid, hey. You know that wasn't really done at the right time. Fine, that's that's up to you. But if Marvel goes back and starts like digitally taking out Robert Downey Jr.'s face to replace him with something like that's what George Lucas did. Lucas went in and actually like mucked around with the actual source material that we fell in love with. And until now, knock on wood, Marvel has not gone back and start amending their films. And if they do that, I will be livid because that's not what film is supposed to be about. Well, it's funny with the Star Wars thing. <laughs> this is this happened in, the, I guess it was in the fall. But uh, you know, my my son is is young, and uh, so we weren't sure about having him watch Star Wars and stuff. And so, but he he wanted to watch it, so we watched it. And he had a, a friend of ours have a son that's older. I think he's eight years old or so, and he was all into Star Wars. So we were like, you know, he want they want to watch it. You know, he wants to see it. So my son watched Star Wars, and you know, he was. He, he was a little too young to really freak out about it. Um, and he watched uh, all three of the first, you know, the, the original three and didn't, you know, you he liked it. And he, yes, I know. I know. Yeah. And, and he talks about like, you know, Darth Vader and stuff, but he didn't really know what the hell was going on. But I ended up having a conversation with uh, the son of my uh, friends of ours, who is like eight. And it was like, I was trying to ask him about the cartoons, you know, like the Clone Wars. Well, the Clone and, Wars are phenomenal. Yeah. And so I'm asking him, I'm like, hey, what do you think of the Clone Wars? And he's like, oh, I think, you know, they're good, you know, for a little kid, a little kid could watch those, I think. And I'm thinking like, yeah, OK, you're eight. And then <laughs> and then we're talking about where in the timeline it falls. And this kid's giving me a Ph.D. dissertation about like where the Clone Wars are in like the whole. And I'm like, geez, man, what a complicated world we live in. Yes. You got to figure this crap out. So well, we haven't watched Clone Wars yet, is what I'm well, thinking. Well, my my niece, she's a, a huge. She's now what 20, 21, 22. Um, she's a huge Star Wars fan. So we send Star Wars memes uh, back when they released Star Wars movies in the theater. We'd have, you know, I'd go out with her on opening night to see them. So we're we're big Star Wars fans. But she's been yelling at me for years, including my son, to watch the Clone Wars. And I started watching them, and they're like surprisingly good. I'm like shocked at like how well it works um and how the characters are you're like oh so star wars you can tell good stories in that universe they just choose not to for whatever reason but i remember i was a huge star wars fan growing up and i remember talking to my parents and they would just look at me like i was some sort of alien creature right I'd be like you know i'd be like morian guard and this and they're like what are you talking about and now when my son gets together with the, you know my nieces and nephews and they're into harry potter and they start saying things i'm like oh this is what my parents were. Right. The old generation that are <laughs> Black Widow and this and that. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So every generation like learns another world and immerses themselves in it. And for good or bad, Marvel is one of those dominant universes. And, you know, it just keeps, it's a gift that keeps on giving until one day it won't. And right. Yeah. Then it'll stop. I would well, say you think about how long it's been around, like the Marvel Universe, not cinematically. It's been around since whatever, the, oh, the 30s or yeah. the 40s or something. And then you think about that, like it's sort of floundered for a long time. It was this very niche yes. thing. And, and then all of a sudden in 2008, it's like, boom, here it is. And for the last 15 years, it's been... I mean, the dominant... The the, the epicenter of our culture it's just yeah. crazy to think about um and to think about that right prior to that actually during it um you know there was the whole batman dark knight renaissance and all that yes. and uh you know that that's just incredible to think about that dc with the christopher reeves movies and then the the tim burton batman movies they were it they, oh, they were the were, only show in town and they, they were the were. biggest well, biggest dog on the block you, you know literally just tipped something off that i'd never thought of and now like it's crazy to me 2008 the dark knight 
basically yeah. puts its flagpole at the top of Mount Everest for yeah. comic book movies. So what's funny is usually people look at that when you know someone's so far out in the race, they're like, let's not enter the race. So what does Marvel do? It finances its own movie, <laughs> decides to take a secondary character in Iron Man, hire a can't get insured actor yep. at a bargain yep. price. A and bargain let's, basement. Let's 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 crank out Iron Man. And it launches a franchise that basically buried DC. Like DC yeah. was like king of the mountain and it just knocked him sideways and DC's never recovered. And you're no. like, again, you just look at that and people, you know, when they say like, that, you know, that's not touchable or that person's can't ever, you know, fail. And you're like, it, I mean, it happens. And I'm just wondering like, you know, what's going to be the next thing here that's going to dent the MCU uh, C universe. But I mean, the, the Marvel movies, some are better than others. You know, I don't think this one was very profound, but I thought it was very enjoyable to watch. Like, you know, if you're just killing time and got people in a room, it's perfectly, you know, you can, you can laugh. It can be silly. There's some fighting. Uh, and when it's over, you mostly forget what happened in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it hard to be. I, uh, I read this review by this, this uh, young, impossibly handsome uh, film critic um, who happened to be me and I gave it two out of five stars and because it is pretty frivolous like it, it, it's it's not a memorable film there's nothing really that stands out, out about it Florence Pugh stands out but it's not because of anything really to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe it's just she's got this magnetism to her but you know most Marvel movies are like that, that they're sort of, you feel like you have to watch them, but they're kind of forgettable, except for, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, which were these sort of for the genre masterpieces of putting everything together. It's like finally seeing the puzzle, you know, all together. Um, but this this movie is, is fine. You know, it's a little annoying. It, it does get sort of preachy with, with political stuff a bit, and, you know, you sort of roll your eyes, but you know, I think that's just going to be the way it is in phase four. Marvel yeah. is transitioning to that. Disney is is a big part of that. And, you know, the, it's not shocking. I mean, sort of the culture we live in. But, you know, like this, this movie is no different than any of the other sort of, you know, it's, it's on par with the early Thor movies. I guess it's probably better than the first two Thors. And... You know, like Doctor Strange is is like, it's sort of like that. You know, yeah. it's not like you're running out like, oh my gosh, it's it's amazing. It's just like, eh, it is what it is. You, you just, and it, it, it would have been really interesting if it came out in 2017 to see how it would have done. Because I think it would have done incredibly well. Yeah, I think so too. Because Captain America Civil War was a big deal. I mean, a huge deal. And then uh, 2017, remember, is, you know, again, the, it's a political thing, but it was, it was happening at the time, is Trump became president, Hillary Clinton had lost, and there was this huge, it was, it was just a, a culturally uh, earthquake of uh, women wanting their voice heard. And so Wonder Woman came out that summer, right? Yep. which is one of the few times DC beat Marvel yep. to the punch. True, true. And what, what happened? It they might. made a very, very good origin film. Yep. And it was a huge blockbuster. That was a cultural cornerstone at the moment. And uh, so it would have been interesting. It, it, it's fascinating in hindsight to see Marvel not only understand and acknowledge that error, one of their few, but to try and make up for it yeah <laughs> you know to be like oh well yeah we fucked that one up let's uh <laughs> let's let's just go back in time hey it's five years ago let's make this movie so th in that sense i find this movie not not the movie itself but sort of the the idea of it interesting and it is really fascinating that it's it's just one of those times marvel screwed up and marvel has screwed up a few times um but boy they pretty quickly forget it and move on like the hulk thing yep um with Very. ed norton i mean just that never happened 
Like they don't even count it. Yeah, <laughs> MCU. They're just like, no, this never happened. And if you mention it, we'll have you killed. And it's just like, oh, okay. And then they went with your favorite actor to play Hulk after that. Um, you know, so it's it's just for the record. It's interesting. I hate him. Yeah. Um, but carry on. I can't even think of his name actually. It, well, I can, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> you I, do really dislike him. I you? really dislike. Him. <laughs> Do you, did, did, did you see the Ed Norton Hulk? Oh, of course I did. Yeah. So what's fascinating. I loved it. To me, it's, that's the best movie of the last 25 years. I, 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 I assume you No, that's, no one can ever think that. Yeah. No, that's, it's a horrifyingly terrible movie. The, my question, though, because I saw it like yeah. way after it came out, um, and I remember seeing it, in the first, like, whatever, 20, 30 minutes when they're down in, I don't know if it's Sao Paulo, yeah, I thought that whole section was like executed almost perfectly. It was almost like a Jaws esque. You couldn't really see the Hulk. You didn't was like I thought it was beautiful. I thought the tension was there, and then after that part, it just kind of it's like. Well, yeah, we I don't even scene. remember the part you're talking about. So yeah. that, you should, you should watch, watch, watch the opening again. I, I felt like like the opening. I was like, oh man, this is something. And then it was like, oh, here's, oh no, here's a question. I wonder if on Disney Plus they even listed among the MCU stuff. Ooh, uh, I, let me see if I have access here on my computer. That would be fascinating to me because they're ruthless, man. I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if they just disappeared that thing. Was that one called The Incredible Hulk? I think it's The Incredible Hulk, yeah. As the world listens to us typing away. I know, typing. I'm looking up uh, the movie itself. I do not see it. Interesting. Because oh. that was, that was actually a Marvel movie, right? That wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it is not on Disney Plus. Wow. Huh. So the yeah, question. 2008, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Wow, that was the same year as Iron Man. Woof. I, I have to look this up. This, this, this is crazy. Um, yeah, you can uh, rent it on Apple TV, YouTube, Amazon Prime, but it is not. And it is owned by Marvel and it was produced by Kevin. It's not on Disney Plus at all. No, it doesn't exist. You can't get it. Wow. I wonder because I I'm now I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, I have to look this up. Oh, wait, um, wait. It's distributed by Universal. So it's it's the same deal as Spider-Man. Here it is. June 3rd, 2021. Marvel's most underrated movie is finally coming to Disney Plus. Oh wow. Sorry, Who wrote that headline. This is the real MCU <laughs> trailblazer. The incredible Did, Ed, did Ed Norton write that headline? Is this I his think, article? I think he might have. <laughs> Um, the Incredible Hulk is launching first in Spain, um, which could open the door for another similar deal in the U.S. Uh, while Universal movies are more likely to end up streaming on Peacock, Disney could very well secure the rights to the Incredible Hulk in the future. It's oh. as the most forgotten Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, it would be a welcome appearance on the service. I welcome is the term. Let me let me reread the headline. <laughs> Marvel's most underrated movie is finally coming to Disney Plus. Wow! Here's the thing: I'm looking at the, at the Wikipedia page for the movie now. Um, there is a connection with the rest of the the wider universe. William Hurt, who is in yes. Black Widow, he plays that character yep. Thunderbolt Ross in it. Interesting. Now, here's a discussion. This is way off topic. Now that we're on Hulk things, I love the Hulk. It's one of my favorite. Uh, characters i grew up watching bruce or oh, uh yeah uh, lou ferrigno lou ferrigno doing his thing yeah, yeah. oh i, that I was used to have purple I, I had purple corduroy pants that i cut and <laughs> shredded the bottom and i ran around as a kid in my purple shredded <gasps> shorts i wish i had done that i love the hulk <laughs> i love everything about the hulk i like the psychology of that character it's this very youngian psychological uh, character now, I'm one of the few people in the history of the world who liked Ang Lee's Hulk from 2003. 
I actually liked that movie. Not like, oh yeah, you know, I was like, oh wow, this is really interesting. Now it's interesting because Ang Lee is Ang Lee and he's making this comic book movie that looks like a comic book. Yes. The way he actually shoots it and, 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 um, uh, you know, he puts it together and edits it. Um, Eric Bana, I really like. I, I like Eric Bana. I love um, Jennifer Conley. And yeah, who's I, in my neighbor in Brooklyn. We're good friends. The I think if people, because it, it is, it was a weird movie because very it, weird. It doesn't it doesn't fit Ang Lee style. It doesn't fit like I mean it was just no. kind of an outlier. What I think is the most fascinating, if you are a film fan, you have to Google it. It was either on the DGA's podcast, but there I think he's talked about it several times. Look up a podcast with Ang Lee talking about his experience filming that movie. And it's like enlightening. It is fascinating to see what sort of prep work, like how his mind was thinking. What and you're just like, it's like one of those podcasts. If you listen to it, then you're like, oh, I gotta go back and rewatch the movie. Because I think sometimes we are like, oh, this was dumb or this was this or the critic said that. And then you talk to the actual filmmaker and you're like, wait a minute, maybe I missed something there. I got to go back to the source material. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the uh, DGA podcast with uh, Ang Lee. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. Well, what's so interesting about that movie is, is Lee actually makes it look like a comic book. Like his shot composition and things yes. like that are almost identical. And then he'll even have panels make it look like panels from a comic book in transitions and yes. stuff like that it's it's really interesting i like Aunt eric banna i like uh, jennifer conley very much um you know th- the movie certainly has some weaknesses yep. nick nolte is insane um the funniest Wait, thing that, one, one of the you're saying, you're saying that is if that's new news <laughs> no, or unique no, to that movie <laughs> no one of the funniest experiences of my life was i moved to california from New York, moved to Los Angeles and near, not, not too close, but near enough to my home is this um, spiritual center, which is like a very famous place in Malibu. And, um, you know, you like go there, you can meditate and it's like this beautiful outdoor space. And so I would go there occasionally. And I went there one day with some friends and we pull into the parking lot and standing in the parking lot, at the back of his car with his trunk open. And, and I watched him do this for about a half an hour, which maybe says more about me than anything. But Nick Nolte was having a very vociferous conversation with himself in this parking lot, just like ranting and raving. And like, he looked like the guy from the Hulk that he played. His hair is a mess. He's, <laughs> he's like, now I don't know what's going on with Nick at this time. If he's like, if he was rehearsing for something or if he's just like having a mental breakdown or was drunk and drinking out of his trunk. I don't know, but it was so surreal. I had just got to Los Angeles and I'm like, why is Nick Nolte having a nervous breakdown in a spiritual center's parking lot? And this is welcome to LA. So that's my Nick I Nolte mean, story. If you had told me that story and asked me if it was true or made up, I would have immediately said it's true. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you would have met yes. Nick Nolte at a coffee shop, he was nice and well-shaven and cordial. Then I've been like, I don't know if I believe. Yeah, you're full of it. I don't think (laughs) so. If we really want to take this podcast off the rails, because you brought up Nick Nolte, I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if you've seen this movie, and then I'm gonna challenge our listeners to go out and see if they can a find the movie and b watch Uh the movie. Uh oh. But did you see the 1994 cinematic romantic comedy masterpiece? I love Trouble. Oh, <laughs> that's a, a running joke with me. It's Julia like, Roberts. I, yeah, for every year I try, I, I have failed in the last few years, but for the first bunch of years I was writing on my website, I would put out uh, on April 1st, I'd put out the five greatest films of all time. And I Love <laughs> Trouble would always make the top five. <laughs> and I would do it seriously. Like I could be like, just say, and so I... I remember I used to get emails of people like, what is wrong with you? These movies are terrible. Or they'd be like, oh, I liked that movie. And I'm always like, oh, dear. I'm sorry that the joke passed by. And I would, you know, so it was April Fool's. Um, but yeah, I Love Trouble is fantastic. It's just, it's, it's so good does it, does in that it, it's just dreadfully awful. Did it, does it surprise you at all that literally they hated each other? <laughs> yeah, I know. 
know. I want to. It's supposed to be like this. This uh, you know, this loving yeah. uh, spark. This well, it was supposed uh, to be back trying to... Like an early, like Thin Man. You know, uh, it yeah. happened one night, kind of early thirties. You know, quippy. But like, who thought that Nick Nolte and Julie Roberts would have chemistry? What executive was like, man? Of all the people we could pair up, this is the one that's going to ignite the box office. Now, granted, they probably were the pe- people that people that mocked. Well, Richard Gere and Julie Roberts clearly won't work because I would have been in that camp too. I'd be like, well, that's not a pairing that's going to ignite. And I was wrong. It did. (laughs) I just clicked on I Love Troubles Wikipedia page. And here it says, under production, there's literally um, two sentences. Um, (laughs) The second sentence says, Nolte and Roberts notoriously did not get along with each other during the making of the film. Roberts has described him as, quote, disgusting. Whereas Nolte said she's, quote, not a nice person. <laughs> um, having seen Nick Nolte in a parking lot, having an argument with himself, I, I understand where Julia Roberts is coming from because he looked like a homeless person. I mean, oh, God, I love Trouble. It's such a great movie. I love it. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know. I don't know what we started. I don't know what movies we're talking about. I'm pretty sure everyone is unsubscribed from our podcast because they're like, well, if you're going to recommend movies like uh, I Love Trouble, then I want no part of this cinematic universe podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Um, So I guess we should get back to Black Widow. We've been talking about it a little bit. Um, Let's see. I want to see the sort of numbers Black Widow. So Black Widow has made right now 318 million on a 200. I always get blown away by the budget of these things. It's 200 million dollars and and like this movie is fine. Boy, it doesn't look like 200 million dollars. No. Or maybe just inflation is messing with my head, but I'm like well it's terrible because I go back to certain movies like to think that the Lord of the Rings was made for sixty million dollars. To think right. that Matrix was made for sixty million dollars. Yeah. To think that yeah. Jurassic Park before there was CGI, they decided to invent it, <laughs> and they're like, that was like ninety million dollars. And you're like, what are people doing? Like what? what yeah. Like those movies like moved the needle. Like why do we just? And the know, crazy thing away. is, is that technology as it gets better was supposed to make things more inexpensive. You know, that like that's usually how it should work, right? That, oh, well, these advances will will make it it cheaper across the board. But boy, it hasn't. Um, So, yeah, it's so this movie, let's I guess we should wrap up. I have to run. But uh, this movie set after Captain America Civil War. So if you want to see it, then you should if you're watching all the movies start to finish, I, I would say watch it after that. If you've seen the movies, honestly, there's really nothing to see here for me. (laughs) um i I was my one big takeaway is everybody better prepare because the next 15 years are going to be the decade and a half of florence Pugh. it's happening people it's coming she's going to win at least one oscar she's going to be a big movie star get used to it it's coming people barry what are your thoughts final thoughts on black widow well before that i just looked up the budget 92 million dollars for jurassic park if it was made today with inflation, that's 168 million. So Jurassic Park, Jeez. even if it's made today, was made for less than Black Widow. <laughs> for those that can't Man. see Mike's face, I don't know if he's having trouble breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he had an aneurysm. Yeesh. But it's uh, yikes, man. Brutal. Brutal. Um, yikes. I think, I mean, if you're just an Uber fan of the, the Marvel Universe, it's a totally enjoyable watch. If you don't want to get into all of the ins and outs and everything connecting, it's a very accessible movie in the franchise. Do so. If you're looking for the next Citizen Kane, this is not it. Um, but if you walked into this movie thinking it's Citizen Kane, then I have no time for you because that's just clearly <laughs> evident from the breathing. There's something catastrophically wrong with you if that's and, what you were expecting. And I, I walked in this movie hoping to be entertained. Um, I thought it was funnier than it I thought it was going to be um they did put in some pretty heavy hitters in terms of actors which yeah. really helps and uh other than that i mean it is what it is look i would say um if you have a disney plus subscription just wait till it's free on disney plus 
to watch it. Like you, you don't have to go to the theater to see it. It's not. A, a, I did. I I had I had a free coupon, and so I went to the theater. Well, and stupid me! I, I had to write about it, so I had to get. I know. Thirty I know. bucks. Well, this is why we're. This is Disney why Plus. you're 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 opening weekend guy. And I'm now like a month later guy. So our, Which our is funny because that's my whole life. I'm usually a month later guy. I know. You know I gotta, because I got to write these things. I got to see it right away. I used to text you all the time. Like, have you seen it? Like, no, I haven't seen it yet. Now, you're, now it's like I get a text from you like, dude, it's been out for like two hours. Like, yeah, I literally hit play as soon as it landed. I'm like, <laughs> It's just a lot of these things. I just want to get it over with. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, And this is true. I don't know if this is true yet. But I actually may have to watch Jungle Cruise, which comes out tomorrow on Disney Plus or in theaters. And I'm just like, oh my God, can you imagine if I have to watch no. this movie? I, so it's ju- it's thing, just, it's, I used ugh. to love The Rock, but he hasn't made a palatable movie in a long time. His most palatable recent movie was the first uh, Jumanji. And the only reason that was palatable is because my expectations are so low and Kevin Hart and him had some chemistry. But this movie, I love Emily Blunt. Jungle Cruise looks like an absolute dumpster fire. It does. It, it really looks, does. It looks literally so bad. And I saw, I, I normally don't read reviews, but I saw an early one and people were like, you know, they're, you could tell the spin machines out because they're just like, this is the movie we've been waiting for. I'm like, no, nobody's been waiting for Jungle Who has Cruise. been waiting for this movie? Nobody. Can you imagine being a person who's waiting for this movie? I, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I begrudgingly still love basketball and I watched a bunch of the playoffs and they had the worst promo tie-ins for the yeah. Jungle Cruise. And it was just like, it was like a four-year-old had a blue screen and you threw people in there and like Dwayne the Rock Johnson would come on and wink at the, and I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> I, I never want anything to tank because it's all, it keeps so many people employed that have no say in the creative but boy, oh boy, I would love, I would love if there needed to be a reset that Dwayne the Rock Johnson cannot just keep making utter crap unabated for like at like <laughs> the most expensive. I mean, if this movie's good, we're gonna have to do a podcast on it. Oh jeez. Yeah, let's, let's rank it right now. You so I guess it? we're not doing we're not doing a podcast on it then, I guess. Jeez, if it's good, come on, man. Um, so here's now a question. I, what one, I would, one out of yes. ten before before you yeah. see Jungle Cruise. Let's give our yeah. pre. This is the first time we've ever done this. Our okay. pre rating, and then when we do do the podcast, we can see how far off we were. Well, I have to. I have to reiterate. Um, it's not definite that I have to see it yet. Oh, you're going to see um, it. We're going to do a podcast. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh man, I was hoping to. Maybe the number one movie in America, man. We're going to have. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be the number one movie. Oh yeah. You think the reason that it's going to be number one, it's a four quadrant movie. Everyone's going to begrudgingly see it, but like if they have kids, they've been cooped up. Like it's huh. a movie that's accessible. It won't be good, but it it's, it's. Well, let me ask you this. There are two other movies coming out this weekend. One is uh, the green Knight, directed by David Lowry. Is that the, the uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Deb Patel. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the other is still water. Um, Tom McCarthy directed. Boy, what, uh, what couldn't get three more different movies, right? Anyway. And so I'm I'm interested because those two movies are only in theaters, and I'm apprehensive to go to theaters, um, it, you know, for a variety of reasons. But do, do either of those two movies intrigue you or look good to you? I've seen no previews for the first one. I've seen stills that have been advertised. Yeah, yeah me too. My general feeling is is Dev Patel is one of those genius at picking interesting projects. So he, like Brad Pitt or like uh, Jason Bateman, it's like, I'll, I'll check out whatever you do. Won't love everything, yeah. but you, you get a pass. So I will, I'm 100% interested because of that, but I don't know if I will like it and I don't know anything about it. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Matt Damon movie. I did see a preview yeah. that made it, I read a little bit about it. I hadn't seen a preview. Once I saw the preview, I was like, huh. Like this could actually be one of those kind of interesting, you know, cool or like not cool, but like a you expect it to go one way, but it goes the other way and it actually turns out to be good. Um, and I read a little bit about Matt Damon, you know, kind of that Hollywood elite going down to, you know, middle. America. I read that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like I, he seems like he seems like there was a little bit of bonding 
So I'm curious to find out, like, does this movie come across as like an elitist movie or does it, does it bring humanity together? I'll be very curious what the filmmakers and the actors do with it, but it does it. I'm intrigued by both of them. I would definitely see either of those two as opposed to Jungle Cruise opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah, me too. I, I'm intrigued by both of them too. I have the same feeling about Stillwater, the Matt Damon movie. I, I, I wonder if it's a movie made from the perspective of what Hollywood thinks of real people. Yeah. Or of what real people are really like. Yep. And with The Green Knight, I'm interested because the director... David Lowry, he can be hit or miss, but he's he's an interesting director, and and I appreciate his. What else he has? He, a, he did uh, uh, Ghost Story, um, The Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so he he's an interesting guy, and so I'm I'm intrigued by that, and that's an you know, I The Green Knight is a great uh, Arthurian tale, but it's it's uh, in terms of the stuff I'm interested, like Jungian psychology, it's a a very profound uh, myth. So I'm interested in that. I, I wish they were streaming somewhere. It's so funny that. So I'll, um, go, out to the, I'll go out to the theater. I'm going to text you and annoy you until you find a way to see it. Because then I, well, I, like I get the control back. Because right now I feel like yeah. I'm not in the control situation in this relationship. No. <laughs> now, in terms of uh, the, the Jungle Cruise, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, it's called I would Disney's. Like- the Jungle Cruise. Dis- right, right, Disney's The Jungle Cruise, which I, I just think it's hysterical that they're like at that level of ride that yeah. they're they're sort of, it's like, wow, we're really, really trolling now, aren't we? You know, there's <laughs> going to be a movie next year like Carousel or Ferris Wheel. It's like, oh, this is great. Um, but I would, that would be interesting to me because The Rock is an intriguing guy and, and Emily Blunt I like a lot. If they did a remake of The African Queen, that's oh. what I would love to see. How funny would that be? The oh. two of them in a Disney remake of the African Queen, right? That would be great. Honestly, the new Bogart and Hepburn. Here's the thing: I would 100% want to see that movie if we could pick. Or I'll even let Dwayne pick the director, but we get to pick the pool of three that he has to pick from. Okay, because that would be like. Not just his buddies where Dwayne just does his thing. Like if you challenge him and you have Emily, there could be something there. It's not going to be Humphrey and it's not going to be Kate Hepburn, uh, but something. (laughs) Well, let's, you know what? I got a meeting this week uh, with Iger. Let's get a pitch together and I'll pitch it to him. You know what? John McTiernan. Let's just have John McTiernan. Let's get McTiernan. John, I, I don't know if your parole officer will let you make this movie, but if you will, <laughs> you can get rid of that ankle bracelet. We, I think we can do this, uh, which I, is not fair. I think he's off parole at yeah. this point. Uh, but we love John McTiernan here. John, please come on the podcast. Yes, please. please we please. love you. We really do. We think the world of you. This, and I don't know if not other a people shit. do. This is 100% not a shit. We think you're awesome, man. I, I think you're a phenomenal director. Anyway, all right. So this is Black Widow. I don't know how we got off topic, I guess, because the topic was not that compelling to begin with. Um, but everybody, Black Widow is, you know, do what you're going to do. If you want to watch it, go watch it. If not, theater, $5 Tuesday. Wait till it comes off the $30 thing. Subscribe to Disney Plus for six bucks and you got the movie. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this has been California Film, Minnesota. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at the movies.